Welcome to Sigma Duocast, hosted by Rick and Nate. We're just a couple of best buds talking about current entertainment stuff, as well as everyday life for a couple of guys in their 30s. <laughs> Anyways, enjoy the show. Shut up, bitch. How's everyone doing? It is the final Monday of 2020. How about that? Where has the time gone? Because, damn, I thought 2020 just started. (laughs) I got my Terramana here. Delicious as always. Got some cool Christmas gear, um, Terramana Christmas gear. Got a sweater and a t-shirt. Um, so before we go any further, um, I'm running solo again today on this final Monday of 2020. Um, you know, Nate, uh, still out, you know, taking his time as needed and, uh, uh, next year, hopefully we'll uh, get to kick off the, the new year or, or so forth with some, uh, some good stuff for you guys. Um, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. I really do. I'm kind of doing this from the hip. The only thing I, I kind of semi-prepared for was uh, just top of my head, talk about uh, Wonder Woman in a little bit. Other than that, everything's from the hip, guys, so bear with me. Um, but I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Um, I had a I had a good one here. It's not bad. It's the same as every every year, um, kind of like in a routine uh, for like the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. It's kind of been the same, you know, um, I, the wife and I, we... We work on Christmas Eve, come home about, oh shoot, I don't know, like five, six o'clock, you know, have dinner, chill, watch the movie, TV, play video games, play with the kids, whatever the case may be. And then uh, we send them all to bed and uh, I stay up, up until, <clears throat> excuse me, I stay up up until probably like one, two in the morning. And then I uh, put all the Christmas presents out on the you know, out in the Christmas tree in the living room. You know, I have I have no idea if my kids still believe in Santa Claus or anything, but like, we continue to the whole like, uh, what would it be tradition of Christmas? You know, you go to bed early on Christmas Eve, and then you wake up, and boom, all the gifts are there. Um, so we we've always kept that, and we do the whole like put the cookies and and uh, the milk out for them, and uh, and usually I'm the one. You know, I'll, I'll either eat the cookie or put it back where it came, you know, put it back in the, in a box or wherever that is. Cause they usually make cookies. So we have like a little container of all the cookies we made and I'll just like put it back in there or whatever. And this year, you know, the wife made a, uh, let them, she made the cookies for them, but they, she let them decorate. And man, these kids, they look like they just poured like, like the, the sprinkles and all that stuff on there. I, uh, <laughs> I took a bite out of one just, I was like, Oh, let me taste one. I swear to God, I got the like the craziest sugar rush. I it was like just taking a bite of sugar. I immediately started coughing and had to like spit that out. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. I won't tell them that, but it was terrible. It was a terrible cookie. I will not entrust my kids with making cookies. Um, but no, it was cool. They they enjoyed what they got. You know, we chilled. I basically uh, uh, in the morning, you know, they uh, open their gifts. They're pretty respectful. They usually they wake up, get us. And then they wait 
for everyone to come uh, to the living room and get ready. And then once we tell them, yeah, go ahead and grab a gift, they'll they'll do it. So they won't touch anything. It's pretty cool. I don't know if your kids do that, but if you have kids, but my my boys do that, and I'm uh, kind of surprised. I don't know where they got that from because I'm not I'm impatient. <laughs> but um, but no, after that, I played uh, uh, installer man or tech support, whatever you want to call it, because, uh, you know, they got Xboxes and upgraded a couple switches in the house. So for, like, a couple hours in the morning, I had to go and take things out, you know, remove previous video game consoles, but the new ones, set up their accounts, download all their stuff. Um, yeah, and then and, and switches, upgrading switches, making sure their Animal Crossing files took over, which, honestly, that's not a kind of crappy way of doing that i mean it was easy to do thankfully but i had to download like a whole other application and do all this crazy stuff and i'm just like what the hell can't just like cloud save it and then boom uh what are you trying to what's what's what every village is like freaking some type of top secret government save file that you got to go through the proper channels like what is this it's just animal crossing so I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious as to why Nintendo goes to the extra extent to protect Animal Crossing files. It, it, it tripped me out. Um, but anyways, once I was done with all that, pretty much uh, poured me the the Sigma Duocast drink, coconut Red Bull, and uh, Terramana tequila. It was 11 a.m. I don't care. It's Christmas, right? Poured that out. Had some little uh, breakfast burritos and threw on my favorite holiday movie. Which is a uh, lethal weapon. And, you know, I do that every single year. I never, I have not missed, I can't even tell you the last time I didn't see lethal weapon on Christmas day. So, you know, everyone's like, we talked last week's episode, I talked about die hard and everyone's like, Oh my God, die hard. This, I heard that it's like the best Christmas movie. And I said, no, it's not. It's a holiday movie. It's an, it's an appetizer. You know what I mean? And I said the same thing with lethal weapon. It's an appetizer. I don't consider it a Christmas movie, but it is, one that I watch on Christmas every single year. Um, definitely gets me in the mood for the whole day. And Lethal Weapon is just such a great movie. Gary Busey. I mean, come on. Danny Glover and Mel Gibson? Well, I mean, what, what other... What, that's the best way to start your Christmas morning. You know? Having having Danny Glover say, I'm too old for this shit. Which I'm getting there. <laughs> and then just having the loose cannon Mel Gibson? Oh, God. So wonderful. You know, and then Gary Busey, you know, towards the end of the film, you know, someone says on the TV is like a TV commercial about, um, you know, what day is it today? And then you just hear him go, it's Christmas. And then with the freaking machine gun. I'm like, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then after, you know, after that, we just uh, we ended up watching uh, Wonder Woman, which uh, I didn't expect it to be. kind of not controversial but I, I didn't expect to get i didn't expect to see the reception that it got um especially after you know oh, you know what we'll talk about it a little bit um but anyways christmas was good i hope christmas was good for you guys um i know this is a, a difficult year um for some folks um you know for some people it was, it was a good year it was a year off do whatever but you know, whether it was good, bad, or anything, I hope you're able to uh, spend time with family and, uh, you know, have a good time. And if you uh, were hoping for Christmas gifts, I hope you got what you wanted. And if you didn't, well, you know what? Maybe that maybe the house just approved a $2,000 stimulus bill. So, you know what? 
maybe, maybe in a few weeks, if that goes through, you'll be able to buy what you wanted for Christmas. There it is. You know, stimulate the economy. <laughs> but anyways, so let's 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 talk about this Wonder Woman eighty four man. I got I gotta I gotta I gotta break it down. I gotta dissect it a little bit. Um, you know, there'll definitely be some spoilers because I'm gonna get a little bit in depth with the story. So, you know, if you haven't seen the film, pause it. You know, pause pause the podcast right now. Go watch the movie. Come back once you watch it and continue. Um, if you've already seen it, hey, stick around. Listen to what I gotta say and. If you don't really give a shit, then stick around and listen to what I got to say. <laughs> um, but again, uh, I will definitely dive into spoilers. So uh, this is a formal warning that there will be spoilers for Wonder Woman 84 that released in theaters and on HBO Max uh, this past Christmas. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled by that movie, then again, stop listening now and then come back when you're when you've watched it. Um, final warning, there will be spoilers for Wonder Woman 84. Okay. I think I've given you enough time. Okay. So first things first, you know, a few episodes back, I said, go into a lot of things with, um, excuse me, go into a lot of things with low expectation. If there's anything, you know, it's about to be 2021, you know how there's a new year resolution or what I want to do differently this year. If there's one thing, if you do this, that, that you have high expectations for a lot of things when you get super excited for something, do yourself a favor and, and for 2021, make it a resolution or something you're going to change or do, whatever. Low expectations for everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Does not matter what it is. A movie, video game, the birth of a kid, a wedding, new job going to buy a car, you know, going to get laid for the first time. I don't care. Just have low expectations. Um, that's one thing that I've been trying to do the last two years. And it's, it makes things so much better because if you go into everything with low expectation, even like reducing hype, like if you're hyped for something, reduce it, you know, knock it down to like a level negative one. And when you go into things and if it's good, you're going to be extremely satisfied. You're going to love it. It's, it's, it's going to be the best thing ever. But if it's bad or you just didn't care for it, you're not going to feel any different. You're just going to be like, oh, okay, no big deal. And I guess there was a lot of expectations in this going into this movie for people. I had no expectations. I Honestly, I just wanted to see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman again. I want to see her in her outfit, which, by the way, <clears throat> that's one of my cons for this movie. I don't get enough Gal Gadot in the Wonder Woman outfit really bum me out but go into it with low expectation guys that's number one so if you haven't seen the movie or if you plan to see any other movie going forward because you if you're listening you probably already watched it or you don't care whatever uh any other movie coming out in the future go into it with low expectation second um don't go expecting the first movie the first movie is an origin film it was almost near perfect. And the reason why it worked is because it isolated itself um, enough to where there wasn't no established connected universe, but it still had the benefit of a connected universe. Um, If you guys remember, the film starts off with Bruce Wayne sending uh, 
Diana, the original picture that was taken during the film that you see in Batman vs Superman. Um, and that was like about it. That was the most connection. And, but it's, it's that little subtle continuity of a, of a, of an expanded universe that makes all the difference with wonder woman 84. You don't really get that because right now the DC extended universe, it's kind of a disarray. Um, justice league came out and it's the joss whedon version because um zack snyder left halfway through because of a tragic family uh, incident and so joss whedon got brought in by warner brothers and the studio and joss whedon they kind of just rewrote the whole movie and that's why we're getting the snyder cut in march and not only that but like directors like patty jenkins who directed wonder woman um james wan who did aquaman i forgot the person who's directing the flash but even the actors like uh, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, um, Ben Affleck and all them, they've all kind of made a sly comments that they don't really, like the Justice League film isn't really canon. Like that's not the real Justice League film. And honestly, I definitely see it because that movie's just all over the place. It, it really screwed a lot of things over. So Wonder Woman 84 doesn't have the benefit to, one, jump all the way into the future say like winter soldier did captain america winter soldier because there's no continuity there but also it didn't want to solidify whatever was happening in that justice league film as official because they already considered non-canon that's why they're waiting for Zack snyder and the, and the director and all them they've already great gave great support to the the four-hour miniseries justice league that we're supposed to be getting in march of 2021 so this movie is made and it stands on its own. So there's that um, where the first Wonder Woman had a little bit of that benefit because we knew we know where, where, where that goes at that point in time. We know that that movie, the end game is whatever you see in Batman versus Superman. OK, so again, the point is sorry, I kind of went a little off the rails there, but the point is don't expect the first Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman film is great. It's a fantastic movie. It's an origin story. Um, it can't do what Captain America did where you have the origin of Steve Rogers um, it back in you know World War time and then jump all the way to current time and be fantastic because the Winter Soldier is great. And they're almost in the same um, arena, the Wonder Woman and, and Captain America. The only problem is with Captain America, he went they took that movie to up to the utmost current time at, in that time. And in addition, they had the benefit to um, rely on a story that has been uh, developed over a course of a couple movies because it had to do with Hydra and all that, which we got to, they were sprinkled in throughout, you know, I don't know, at that time was what, seven Marvel movies, you know? So I can't really compare it to the two, but it's almost similar. So anyways, Wonder Woman 84, um, not only does obviously take place in 1984 but the film tries to be like in that setting in terms of like if you watch 80s movies the 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 corniness the the you know cliche the just i wouldn't say bad acting at times but you know the over the top acting and things like that this movie really embody that uh patty jenkins the director even said that like she took heavy inspiration from superman 2 um that uh oh my god can't even think of the uh 
uh, a director. But anyway, Superman two, um, you know the original ones, not the. Um, well, there hasn't been a Superman two, so I guess there is only one Superman film. Um, sorry, guys, I'm in a slight brain fart because I was thinking too much of really trying to uh, <laughs> really think of that movie. So it kind of threw me off for a second there. Uh, I was going to say Richard Donner, but I believe Richard Donner did the first movie. So I think the second one was done by somebody else. Hold on. It's going to bug me now. Give me a second. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, where is Superman 2? There it is. Richard Lester. Okay, there we go. So Richard Lester directed number two. Um, Gene Hackman was in there, Christopher Reeve. So those are the Superman. That's the Superman movie I'm talking about. Anyways, so this film, Wonder Woman 84, really tries to be that. It, it tries to live in the 80s. But what it does, and I love that they did this, is that they don't take the nostalgia 80s, right? What, what I mean by that is they don't sit there and, and, and force what current young folk, I would consider my age, you know, I was born in the, in the mid 80s, but I wouldn't consider myself an 80s kid. I'm more of a 90s kid. You know, it, it really it really just lives it versus trying to sit there and like, play popular music you know the hits from the 80s you know uh, highlight you know pretty much it doesn't stranger things it up and what i mean by stranger things it up look stranger things is great it's a great series on netflix but the thing about stranger things that kind of annoys me at times is that look at the story's great i like the whole concept the sci-fi is but they play on the nostalgia factor like to the fucking max like every episode has to highlight something special in the 80s, whether it's a it's a, 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 an 80s hit song or a, a specific 80s fashion or like a specific 80s like, you know, geek thing. Like if it was like a, a video game or, you know, a, a special like food that was popular then or TV, like they always highlight something like that to give you that nostalgia factor because it's, it's easy to play on nostalgia right now. I mean, retro and all that, that's 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 what everyone thinks is like super cool and what's in right now. So stranger things plays on that a lot and it's good for them, but it's, it helps because if you take all the stuff out of it, the story is like a basic sci-fi story and can get kind of boring at times, but it's because of, um, what do you call it? Them. Uh, sorry, I'm having some background noise right now, guys. Hold on. Okay. So it's kind of like them, um, putting that nostalgia thing just to make you, be distracted for a minute and be like, oh, look at that. I remember that. When in reality, most people don't. Let's be real. All these people who love Stranger Things, they don't know crap about the 80s. You weren't, you, you didn't live the 80s. Even people that were born in the 80s don't know the 80s. Like I said, I was born mid-80s. I don't consider myself an 80s kid. I don't know shit about the 80s. I mean, I know stuff about the 80s because of kind of like history course and things like that. But I don't live it. Um, where people you know act like they do so if like you're born in the 70s and um you know you live through the 80s as a, as a child teenager whatever then yeah if you like stranger things and you know the legit stuff like that that's true nostalgia to you because you lived it where right now everyone else is just saying it because it's hip it's it's a thing to do it's a thing to have so anyways back to the topic here wonder woman 84 it really plays on being an 80s film 
in an 80s fashion, not by nostalgia. So when you go into it, you'll see there's a lot of like over-the-top acting. Like they give you a glimpse of like the 80s in the beginning or like the second opening. You know, you see the spandex ladies. They go through the mall and stuff like that. And that's about as nostalgic as they get. Other than that, it's just, there's an 80s. And you know what's weird? I don't know if it was the streaming, but I noticed, because you know, I'm watching on 4K, I have an Apple TV 4K, you know, 4K HDR TV, the whole, nine, the whole nine yards, great, great setup. But I noticed there's like a little film grain to it. And I kind of feel like they did that on purpose. So when you watch the film, I mean, I don't know, you guys tell me, if you watch the film, shoot, shoot us a message. I don't know if that's, if I, if it was just my setup or something, but I kind of noticed a little film grain um, throughout. And even like when you go in the credits, it gives you, it, it heavily gets focused, like it's an old school TV type of setup, but it's kind of weird, but again, I liked it because if that's if that's the intention that it's trying to get like that film grain, that's great because again, it's trying to be a movie as if it was filmed and released in the eighties. So that's that's one thing you guys got to realize when you watch eighty four. It's not like oh my god, eighty four. I'm going to see all the nostalgia hits. Um, so I'm going to break down. There's three main characters in this film. You got you got obviously Wonder Woman. Then you have um, Barbara. Minerva, which is becomes Cheetah, and then you got uh, Maxwell uh, Lord, played by Pedro Pascal. And this movie is really about him. Everyone else is like, a, like a like a side thing, which is weird because it's a Wonder Woman. You would think Wonder Woman would be the top, but no, it's all about Maxwell. This is the character. So, real quick, I'm going to give you my cons of uh, of the film, and then I'm just going to tell you the plot of the movie. Because this is where a lot of people have issues. A lot of people who've been complaining about this film, they complain that it's the story is whack, it's uh, non-interesting, it's boring. I fell asleep during during a couple of times, which was funny. My wife, she actually fell asleep towards the end, <laughs> and I thought she was awake the whole time, but she fell asleep. And I was like, really? I was awake. I was like super into it. Um, and then they always compare it to the first one, but I like the story. I think you have to. It's not it's not as like thrown in your face. Like this, this movie isn't action packed. That's another thing. It, there's not a lot of action in this movie. It has some sequences and it's cool, but then I have some problems with the sequences and, I, and I'll address it in just a second, but there's not a lot of action in this movie. This re, this, this movie really focuses on character, on the development of these characters and who they are, what they're doing. Um, you know, it gives them really that screen time. So you, that's why you don't really, that's why you're like one of my cons. You don't see, um, Diana in her outfit that often, um, which kind of sucks. But uh, but the, the the in the action sequence, the problem I had with the action sequence because there was a, there was a couple of them in there and they're they're awesome. But my biggest con, my biggest hit on this movie, the con that just pisses me off, is the CGI is terrible in this film. I went back and I watched the first Wonder Woman, and the CGI was bad in some parts in that, but not as bad as it is in this film. I don't know if it's because it's just more colorful. It's more lighter. It's not as dark um, as the first film, but it stands out. Like there's there's a scene where they're there's just like this they're on the desert. And there's a convoy, and they're hauling ass, and these kids happen to be playing like in the street, and so she needs to save them, and she goes and she swings to save them. But like the moment that whole sequence <clears throat> of her swinging, and then uh, the moment she grabs the kids, it's like bad. I mean, I would have preferred them just putting, giving them dolls or something. Like she was grabbing some dolls to save. Um, one second, guys. 
All right, sorry about that. I had to pause my mic real quick because that's some background noise. Um, it, it, it was just terrible. Like, and there was a lot of moments where like the CG just looks horrendous. And and the problem I have with the CG, I don't mind bad CG. It's just when the CG stands out too much and it takes you out of the movie, takes you out of the scene, the action, that's a problem. That's a big, big problem because there's, hold on one second, guys. Okay, sorry about that, guys. I had to pause my mic again. I had some uh, some background noise there. Um, but it, no, it takes you out of the scene, and we're sitting there, like it happens. The the scene I was talking about, and me and my wife literally look at each other, like, "What the hell just happened? Like, what was that?" I mean, it was bad, guys. It was bad. So that's one thing. When you go into this movie, don't expect crispy CGI. Um, it is terrible. Um, the other bad thing is the movie did feel long. It was two hours and 32 minutes. It did feel long, but it wasn't as bad. It's not as, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like, I was entertained throughout the whole. You just got to be invested to the characters. So, which leads me to the whole point of this film. Um, so, the whole premise, and again, this is super spoiler area. If you didn't hear that earlier, we're into spo- uh, even more spoiler territory. So this whole movie revolves around this thing called the Dreamstone, okay? And the Dreamstone was created by one of the gods, um, Dalos, to be precise, the Duke of Deception, the God of Lies, um, you know, treachery, deception, mischief, whatever. And so what this Dreamstone does is when you hold it, you're able to dream or you're able to wish what you want. It kind of plays, it's kind of like a take on the... uh, on the uh, monkey paw story. I don't know if you guys ever read that before. It's an old story. And the, the monkey's paw is a supernatural short story where you get three, witches, uh, three wishes are granted. Um, whoever owns the monkey's paw. However, the wishes come with an enormous price of interfering with fate. So this God of uh, deception or God of lies, Duke of deception, he created a stone that plays on the similar thing. So you can make a wish Whatever it is you want, but the the stone will take what you most desire. You know what's precious to you, something that's 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 big, right? Um, and so with that, this stone that this god made, um, it's been throughout a course of history. Um, in the film, they talk about that it was with the Indus Valley four thousand years ago, uh, Carthage in one forty six BC, Kush four AD. It was with a Romulus, uh, the last emperor of Rome, and he had it with him when he was assassinated. And then uh, finally, one of the last places they kind of discovered is was located in a dead city, which happens to be a, a city over the Mayans. So the concept that they're presenting with that information is that wherever this stone, whoever was in possession of the stone, it, it basically eliminated that civilization or it took it to the brick of extinction. Like it just created chaos. Um the the god essentially you know whoever whoever has the stone it, they get hungry with the power it starts you know granting wishes without any repercussion because it wants to create you know all this chaos and all this anarchy so to speak and in its in its in and that's what this film does so what they do is they take the character played by Pedro Pascal uh, Maxwell Lord 
you know, Max Lord for short. And he's pivotal, uh, pivotal, Jesus. When anytime he's on screen, or even when he's not on screen, because there's times where you just hear audio of him, you got to listen to everything because they sprinkle his backstory and his whole motive throughout the entire film. And I think it plays plays very well. So his whole thing is that he he's a he's a uh, a businessman of stuff and he's over the top like the moment he starts acting it's funny because you know this guy you know he's he's a latino man and <laughs> and he has a thick accent so when, and he plays like you know kind of like a proper you know white character tries to be a fancy businessman and it just sometimes it just that accent just kicks in and the hell it cracks me up but he's super over the top and i love it i love every second of it um but you you find out like throughout the beginning of the film that he's like this big businessman. He's super charismatic. He's he's supposed to be rich. You see him on TVs. He's in all these infomercials trying to get people to invest in in, in oil or whatever the case may be. And he's fantastic. He's just super successful. Like that's all you that's all you you're they're painting the picture of. And then finally, there's a you get to a point where you see him go to his like. Um, office building that he owns or whatever and he goes into uh you know the second floor and you see this big like empty floor it's like just deserted and you see his one office there and it's like wait something ain't what it seems and you find out basically he's a fraud he he's a he's a liar he he's struggling he's not what people what he presents himself to be um and then you you meet another character that kind of really just puts him down kind of gives more perspective as far as what's going on that he's like uh he, he created a ponzi scheme and he's a con artist you know he, he's a loser all kinds of shit like they just throw this guy bad so his whole motive is that he wants to be highly successful that um his life has been shit basically and and you find out there's like a flashback towards the end of the film where you see like his upbringing and you you notice and they show you that um uh his dad like abused and beat his mom and he, he was helpless in doing so you know he would like pee the bed and he would be like embarrassed but also like super disciplined by his father um in school he would be picked on you know he's poor he had all these other kids that just make fun of him, uh, pick on him. He tried to avoid people. You know, he tried to open up his, uh, he started his, he tried to open, start his black gold cooperative uh, business and it was just not successful. And, you know, he has a kid where his wife left him for another guy, but they have a kid and they share custody and everything. And, and he's just, he's just down his luck. He just, he sucks. He's, you know, he's pretty much feels super depressed that he, and he's a loser and can't do shit. So, the course of his career, he tries to find a way to get around that, which um, it's going to add up in a little bit to the actual theme of the film. And so he finds a way he's researching the stone. He's trying to find the stone. And because he basically wants to cheat in life to be successful, he he read the stories and he believes in, he's like, I got to find the stone so I can, so I can be that. And eventually he does find the stone. Um, now, what he does differently, though, is once he... F- so, anyways, before I, before I go any further. So, basically, that's kind of the whole thing where they set up for him. Is that he, he he's just... He just sucks. He wants to be famous, popular, rich, the whole nine yards. You, you'll get that throughout the film. Um, but when, once he finally acquires a stone, he does something different. So, what he... His wish is he wishes to be the stone. So, basically, the stone disintegrates and basically he is now... The dreamstone. So anyone who wishes anything, he'll grant it. 
The catch for him, though, is that there's two catches for him, one good, one bad. The good thing is whatever they wish, because normally the stone will just take whatever you most desire. Well, he's able to dictate what he wants to take from them. So, <clears throat> for example, the uh, uh, there's an oil person. It's like, okay, hey, wouldn't you wish, what's your like biggest desire? And I'm like, oh, I wish this. Okay, well, you could have that. In return, I'm going to get all your oil companies. They're now mine. And boom, there it is. It's the trade-off. Um, the second catch, which is not good for him, is that the the stone itself starts to um, kind of uh, harm him. It starts to like disintegrate. I want to say disintegrate, but it starts to like break down his body, essentially killing him every one wish at a time. So every time he grants a wish, he does it, gets whatever he wants, but then his body takes a toll on it. Um, for me, I like to think of it as, you know, with my comic book and comic film in intuition, I like to look at it as it's the God, the, the God of lies trying to loop, trying to come out and live in him. So, and this is something that, again, I don't know, I, it kind of alludes to it, but not really. This is just the way I look at it. And this is what makes the film good for me is that um, I feel that Diana is dealing with another God. Like in the first film, we we dealt with Ares, the God of war. So the only difference is in this film, you don't see the God. She doesn't go, you know, toe to toe, fist to fist with the God or anything like that. Um, It's just max. But over time he's starting, it seems like he's almost getting possessed. He wants more and wants more and wants more and won't stop until he gets enough you can and then he gets to a point where he finds out well hey if i can reach everyone at a greater um because he wants to reach as many people as he can because again the constant the, the whole point of the the dreamstone is to destroy a civilization what not better what not better way to destroy the whole all of mankind you know by granting everyone's wish and you know without without uh repercussion because it didn't matter it, he, he's not approving what they wish whether it's someone dropping dead or more money or more weapons or whatever he's just like approve 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 but what he started doing when he started getting to the point where he was able to grant reach like the entire world at a at a large rate he started wishing for uh, remember the trade-off where he can ask what he wants back and so he started asking for like their strength their 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 health their life force thus making him powerful making them almost immortal, making them like a God, which again, to me, I look at it as like the God of lies is trying to live through max. Right. And so that's the, that's the, that's the antagonist that Diane is dealing with is how do I stop max? How do I essentially remove this God from him without them really saying, cause they don't, I'll tell you right now, they don't really like straight up say that. It's just, again, it's just my comic book intuition that I read from comic books and films that I feel that's what they were alluding to. Um, so anyways, that's the whole, that's the whole premise of the movie. And then that's, that's the whole antagonist. And that's where a lot of people have an issue with. They don't feel like that character, that story is not big enough to go forth. And so what happens is in the final confrontation between him and, um, and Diana, she manages to get the lasso of truth on, on him and pretty much broadcast her thoughts to everyone. Um, because, well, you know what? I'm going to pause right there. Cause I'm going to go back to, to Diana's whole thing and then cover the theme of the film. 
so in, in, in with Diana, what we learned from her is that, uh, well, her story is, I should say, is we find out in the very beginning, they do a flashback sequence when she's little in uh, Thermoscura and, you know, they're doing like this Olympics for the Amazons. And at one point she's like in the lead, she's doing fantastic, but then she um, misses one of the little checkpoints and she finds a way to get, get back in the lead. Uh, but it's in a sense of cheating. And basically um, when she gets, when she gets back on, on towards the front, she's about to end it. Um, and then that's when uh, what's her name? Um, Robin Wright's character and, and Theope, I think that's how you say it. Uh, she stops her and then pretty much starts telling her, you know, you, you that's not the way you win. You, you, you cheated, yada, yada, yada. And then her mom, uh, comes into play and tells her, you know, hey, you know, you got to be true to yourself. You can't get through life. You can't be a hero based on a lie. You can't be who you are, um, you know, basically be fake. And that is essentially the whole like moral story of the movies that, you know, you got to get through life the right way, work hard, bust your ass, do it right. Don't take, don't cheat. Don't take shortcuts, you know, be truthful to yourself that's literally the whole like uh moral story of the film that they're telling because again you the the whole plot is about wishes getting what you want at a cost while people are getting what they want but that's not you know that's that's the easy way out of things um so with her character you know they, they start instilling that whole thing and then um, she makes a, she gets a hold of the dreamstone. She wishes for Steve, Steve Trevor to come back. And I don't really, I guess it makes sense the way they did it. I don't like the way Steve Trevor came back. So she wished him back, but he basically is like in inhabits another person's body. So he looks like a totally different guy to everyone, but to her, she looks like Chris Pine and it's him. Um, so I guess, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I would figure they would just like, he would just appear and then if eventually, you know, he goes away and I'll kind of explain how that happens. But when he goes away, they just like Daniel snap, he just disintegrates. But no, it's just, he just leaves the dude's body, I guess. I don't know, but I guess it was easier to do it that way. Um, anyways, Chris Pine's there, but you find out the effect that Diana gets is that she starts losing her power. So she starts losing the, what she most desire desires or what's so uh, important to her is, you know, her, uh, being a god so she starts losing that she starts becoming vulnerable and she starts becoming human so eventually they get to the point where it's like hey you have to the way you can get rid of this um to make everything go back with the whole dreamstone is you got to either renounce your wish or destroy it so since um what's his name max is pretty much the inhabitant they'd have to either have to kill him or renounce the wish so they make eventually some crazy stuff happens and it gets to a point where she has to renounce the wish. And so they have another like heartfelt moment. Goodbye. And, uh, she renounces her wish and becomes, and then gets her ability back. And we learn how she gets one of her new, one of her abilities that she has in the comics and wasn't really hinted in the future films. And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then that's it. And then she has to go and stop, uh, go and stop, uh, Max. And then it was funny cause I read, I read online. Someone had an issue like, well, how did she like lose her powers? Like it took forever. But then when she renounced her, when she got it back, like that was just stupid. Like, well, yeah, it's not stupid. That's how that works. 
you, 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 your wish is still, you wish for, he wish she wished for the dude to be back. So the longer that he's alive, the longer the time it's going to be, you know, disintegrating her over time. It doesn't, it didn't take her powers immediately. And the moment she renounced the wish, she got everything back immediately. Uh, I, I don't, I don't understand how some people had issue understanding that. So that's kind of what happened there. I was just like, okay. Um, but anyways, that, that's, that's her whole arc. And, you know, now it's just her thing to, to stop that. So she, at the end of the film, you know, she gets the last of the truth on Max's leg and starts broadcasting to everybody. Like you guys got to renounce your wish, this and this and this. And then that's when you see the little flashback sequence of Max and you see his whole life. And basically it's the truth being shown and him accepting the truth. And you find out that his truth was that he genuinely loves his son and he wants to provide he wants to not only, you know, not be loser, but be successful. He wants to make his kid proud. Like that was his true truth. It was that he wants to be in the eyes of his kids. He wants to be a success because he's, he experienced what his father did to him and how they lived and he hated it. So he wanted to be the opposite of what his dad was. And so when you find out that his kid is out there, like in the middle of all the chaos that's going on in the film, he essentially renounces his wish and then, goes and finds them and then they have a uh, a little thing together um and then you have barbara minerva who plays this cheetah and you know she was just kind of a side character she was great too Kristen wig did a fantastic job um but her whole thing was she was just a very um selfless person who um you know, it was very nice to everyone who appreciated everyone, loved everyone, loved her job, but everyone treated her like crap. They treated her like a loser, weirdo, you name it. You know, what, honestly, what a lot of people, what a good chunk of people are now in days in 2020. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in the shadow pathetic and then you've got jerks out there. And so she wishes uh, to be, at this point, she doesn't know that Diana's Wonder Woman, but she wishes to be like Diana, beautiful, strong, um, you know, just to be just like her. So over time things, she starts noticing that she's stronger. She's, she's different. And, uh, she, you know, eventually she finds out that Diana is wonder woman because she has all these abilities. And then what she loses is basically her, um, innocent, like, I don't want to say innocence, but like her kindness, what makes her a nice person, uh, a beautiful heart, I guess you can say. And so she starts losing that. She starts becoming kind of like a, kind of a kind of a bitch kind of like a badass like i don't care take what i want and it is what it is type of uh, character um and then eventually they uh give her she gets a second wish to become a apex predator like superhuman and then that's where we finally see her as like a full cheetah and again the cgi was just terrible like that whole fight sequence with them was just there were some parts where like it was cool and then some parts where i'm just like what is this? Like what, what, what is happening right now? This is, this is ugh. but yeah. Um, again, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not trying to give too much of the movie, even though I gave like the most important parts, but, uh, you know, I want you guys to watch it and get formulate your own opinion. And if you already watched it, you know, you don't need me repeating what you guys already saw. Um, so anyways, that's the breakdown of the film. Whether you guys agree with me or not, I mean, let me know. I want to hear your guys' opinions. I want to see what it's, what you guys think about it. Um, 
in terms of story. Hopefully, you know, if you, if you watched and you were kind of like this, whatever, maybe I gave you some new light into the story or maybe you still think the story shit. I don't know. But anyways, I just wanted to cover that aspect and then, um, yeah, let me know. Overall though, um, I think the movie was, uh, was a great movie. Um, acting was fantastic. Kristen Wiig did a fantastic job. Pedro Pascal, um, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine being Chris Pine. Um, I think acting was on point. Um, I really like the story. Um, it's not the strongest, but it's good. It's kind of, you know what? It kind of reminds me of Iron Man 2. A lot of people hate Iron Man 2 for whatever reason. You know, I can't compare Iron Man 1 to Iron Man 2. They're, they're different movies. One's an origin. One's like a continuance. And, you know, this one kind of reminds me of Iron Man 2, how, you know, you had um, Whiplash, Envy, you know, uh, um, what's it called? It? Envy Iron Man and try to find a way to get to him. And then you had, um, what's his name? Um, oh, my God. What's that? Uh, I have his name on top of my head, but I can't even can't even say it freaking sam rockwell this character i know hammer there we go god damn it sorry about that uh hammer you know industries this business business guy trying to be the best you know envies uh, tony as well so and i like watching iron man too so that's kind of what this one reminded me a little bit of and and you know what's funny iron man 2 got all the hate too and a lot of people don't like iron man 2 so i don't know maybe that says some maybe i just have a weird taste in movies than other people but overall, acting was great. Um, story was great. Setting was great. CGI was just shit, man. I, I got to be honest. CGI was terrible. I didn't like the CGI. Um, you know, I really wish that it had more connectivity to the other films, like at least even to um, to a ju- Batman versus Superman. I guess the only continuity is like there's parts where like in the beginning she throws her her little crown thing, whatever it is, I forgot what it's called, um, and destroys like some cameras because, you know, this whole time Bruce Wayne's like, I've, where have you been this whole time? We don't know anything about you. But like, after you watch this movie, you're like, okay, it's kind of hard for nobody to know about Wonder Woman or stories to be lurking about Wonder Woman in like 2012, 2013, whenever Batman vs Superman takes place. Like, come on, really? Come on. So that was a little bit of like a, eh, but uh, yeah, I didn't really have any content uh, connectivity with anything else. Has a really cool mid credits after scene or mid credit scene, a nice little cameo there. Um, but overall, I would give this movie uh, from a ten rate. I would give it a seven point five. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four seven point five out of ten. Definitely not the worst uh, DC EU movie. That's a uh, DC extended universe films. There's only. Uh, what one two three four five six seven eight nine nine uh dc uh, eu movies um but i would definitely give it a 7.5 uh if the cgi was better like honestly if the cgi was a lot better in this movie i would easily give it an 8.5 for sure because it is a good movie again i don't compare it to the first wonder woman um and i really enjoyed the story i mean watch it a couple times you know what it's funny i i feel like after this movie's been out for like a year, it's going to have one of those, like, what was it, the cult following that happens? And it's going to get the respect it does. But you know what? Good news. It did well in the box office, even during COVID pandemic, that Warner Brothers already greenlit Wonder Woman 3. And you know what? It deserves it. It really does. Patty Jenkins is returning to direct, and uh, it deserves to be a third Wonder Woman, hopefully with uh, the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League that we get in March. 
um, course corrects a lot of stuff. And we finally get a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie that's current time, you know, because it's, it's the period pieces are done. You know, we did back then with World War. We did in the 80s. I think it's time we have a standalone Wonder Woman movie that's current time. So um, and I'm pretty sure they they did the 80s because they kind of didn't really know what the future was. And, you know, they didn't really know what their plan was. So they didn't really want to. uh do anything that they have to recon or work around down the road. So it's like, Hey, let's just isolate it to this little story here. And it did a good job. It did a good job. You know, not a lot of action, um, a lot of heart, uh, definitely good, uh, good message to send out and uh, great acting. And, you know, it's a good movie. 7.5 out of 10. Um, let's see here where we're at. All right. So the other movie I saw, I didn't see it on Christmas Day. I saw it a couple days after. Again, I had no expectation, no plans. I just my, I asked my wife, hey, you want to watch this movie? She's like, yeah, let's watch it. We watched Soul on uh, Disney+. Plus. And thankfully, Disney learned from their, uh, <laughs> from their uh, previous mistake. And it, they didn't charge any extra fee. You just had access to the movie right away. Um, I got to tell you guys, Pixar, Disney and Pixar, they know how to do it. They know how to do it. And what I mean by that is they know how to make you feel very fucking depressed. <laughs> uh, man, this movie, I'm not even going to go into like full like detail at all. Uh, I'll give you the premise and then I'll give you my rating. But uh, this movie stars Jamie Foxx. He plays as a character named Joe Gardner. He's a, uh, what was he? He was a, like a jazz pianist. Is that how you say that? And, uh, and basically he's been waiting his whole life to get a good gig. And when he finally gets a good gig, it's not really a spoiler, but when he gets finally good gig, he's super excited. He fucking, he dies. And so what happens is when he dies, his soul essentially goes to the plane where it's like the stairs to the bright light. And he's like putting it together. Like, nope, can't have this. So he tries to leave and he goes to like this little, um, area called, what is it called? The great be great before yeah okay yeah because it's the great beyond that's where you know you take the stairs to hit the light and then you're in the great beyond and then um the great before is the area where you have all these little souls and they're bare it's funny because they have to like earn their um uh they have to earn their pass to go to earth and so when they're there there's like things that they're like passionate about things about um Oh my God. I don't know. What, what was some of the things that they did? It was like, go to this course so you can learn about, uh, you know, like all the different emotions of things, happiness, like depression, we're just all kinds of crap, it, it, but it's funny the way they go about it. And so once you earn your stamp or your whatever for that, then, um, once you collect all of them, you get your past to go to earth and you basically, you know, I guess get born as a kid or whatever the case may be. But anyways, uh, he ends up interacting with one of the souls that uh, it's they name her. The name is Twenty Two, played by Tina Fey, and them two basically go on this whole adventure because Jimmy Fox is trying to find his way back because he wants to go and do his jet. He wants to live so he can do his jazz thing. And then the Twenty Two, uh, she don't care that care or I don't even know what gender they give it. So it's Tina Fey, so I'm gonna say she. Uh, but anyways. Um, you know, she doesn't want to do anything. She just wants to stay a soul in the great uh, before because, 
you know, she doesn't feel any ambition to go to earth. Like it's just a waste of time. So she just wants to stay there. So again, it has to do with life and death. So, um, could be, uh, could be a sensitive movie with everything that's been going on in, in, in this year. Um, but it's a very good movie. It, it shows, it sends a really good message. I definitely, I'm, I'll be straight up with you guys. I definitely cried because like almost every Pixar movie has a way to turn on the waterworks, but, um, it's got a really good message, um, for the film. I mean, after I watched it, I felt good, you know, no pun intended, but it's good for the soul. Um, it kind of gives you a little bit of, a you know, uh, in- intuition to really think about not intuition, not that word. What the hell's the word I'm thinking of right now? Um, anyways, it, just, it makes you think about what you've been doing in life, um, how your life is going, you know, what you want to do, if there's things you can do differently, things, things of that nature. It gets really deep, um, introspective. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah, that was the title of uh, last week's episode. Um, so it really gets your introspective going, you know, um, but again, it could be depressing depending to, depending to the person who's watching it. It could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. So I will say this, watch it at your own risk. And if you're not in the mood of being semi depressed, don't watch it. Not yet. Be, be, be like in a hella good mood and then watch the movie. <laughs> it's kind of like a, kind of like a downer. I got to balance you out. You know, I got to even that stuff out. Um, but it's a really good movie. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I would give that movie Disney Pixar. Uh, I'm going to pull a Nate. I'm going to give it a 9.3. Give it a weird number. So a 9.3 out of 10 for soul. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Adults will enjoy it. I don't know if kids will. I, I think kids will like it. my kid. He, he, my young one, he watched it uh, with us. And he loved it because in the film there's a cat, um, and there's a whole thing with a cat. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, anything with cats, this kid likes. So if you if you like cats, then hey, you're gonna you're gonna like uh, you know a good chunk of the movie because it has to deal with the cat. But anyway, yeah, I'll give it a nine point three out of ten. Good movie, good for the soul on Disney Plus right now. If you have it, you can just watch it on there. But again. Uh, watch it at your discretion. It can get real deep. Uh, it can definitely trigger waterworks. And yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got for you guys, man. I, I honestly, I can go on and talk more about Wonder Woman, but I'm not. I think I talked well enough. I just really wanted to address the whole story thing because I think a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people have been tripping, they're tripping on it. I think this, the people that are saying that, eh. I think they're going to end up liking it and give it a, give it some time. They'll like it. It'll become a, a cult favorite. Like I like it. I watched it twice and I actually, I actually want to see it a third time. Um, I'll probably watch it with my wife again. Cause she said she wants to see it again. Cause we kind of watched it weird. We, we watched half of it and then we stopped for a minute cause we were, she was cooking and then I didn't want to like wait. So I went out there to help her out or I think I just, I don't know, maybe I started playing Forza or something, but, um, and then we watched it and oh, well, my brother came over. So we paused it for a while. And then after he left, um, we continued. So we kind of split it and that was kind of a weird way of watching it. And by that time she was tired. So I can see her falling asleep, why she fell asleep. Um, but for me, I, I liked it. And then I watched it the second time and it was great. Like I had no issue with it, but, but yeah, other than that guys, um, 
this is the final Monday of 2020. New Year's is this Friday. Um, so next week's episode, we'll probably talk about New Year's stuff. Um, hopefully my partner in crime is back by then. Uh, if not, no worries. No problem. I love, I don't mind having these one-on-one moments with just you and me. I don't mind being in your e- all up in your ears. You know what I'm saying? That was weird and stupid. So sorry about that. I apologize. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about some uh, some New Year stuff. Um, I got uh, I got a uh, I got a certain way that I'm looking at 2021, and uh, I'll share that with you guys uh, next week. Um, hopefully, you guys see it the same way, and hopefully, we can get out of this uh, 2020 rump. Um, hopefully we're not, hopefully this lockdown stuff ends probably halfway through next year. Cause I still feel it's going to be a thing. And then, um, you know, people can start getting back with their lives. Um, but yeah, start thinking of those new year resolutions, whatever it is you can do differently for uh, 2021. I would love to hear them, share those with us. We'll share ours and I can't wait. I really can't wait. Um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I'm going to go ahead and drink some of this Terramana. And call it a night. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Take care of yourself. Let me go and play this nice little outro that we I haven't played in a while. So here's to you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of Sigma Duocast. Follow us on social media for updates on our next episode. As always, look out for one another, take care of one another, and much love, everyone. Hey, Rick, what do I always tell you? Shut up, bitch.